Dear friend, I like to start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation. I pretend that we're the oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are, people who don't know each other's names, Morning, Mr. Fox. and met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before. What will MY152 say today, I wonder? I turn on my computer. I wait impatiently as it connects. I go online and my breath catches in my chest until I hear three little words. You've got mail. I hear nothing, not even a sound on the streets of New York, just the beat of my own heart. I have mail from you. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. No, we're not talking about You Got Mail. This is not a You Got Mail episode. I Aww, wish that it was. But we love but You Got Mail. We love You Got Mail, but no, this is our first mailbag episode. It absolutely is. Listeners, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made us gay. You Got Mail edition. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've Got Mail edition. Wow. So we're doing our first ever uh, viewer mail episode, Scott. Yeah, we've been collecting questions from you, the listeners. Yes. This is an episode dedicated to you because we would not be doing this podcast if it weren't for the kind people that listened to our show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We wouldn't keep doing this week after week if all of you lovely people weren't listening. And you are listening. It's so cool. It's mm-hmm. it's. I mean, we're just doing this for fun we're just doing this to have a creative outlet to do something together and i think we've kind of created something that people come to listen to every week and um Mm -hmm. listeners we we love that you um are participating thank you so much for submitting all of your questions so we collected questions from twitter email instagram Mm -hmm. stories messages and this is sort of i have a list of questions that we're going to talk about so yes. we're going to be doing uh some a q and a and then we have a very special guest later in the episode that we're going to be playing some rounds of fuck mary kill with yes indeed mm-hmm. yes indeed so stick around for that that's going to be a lot of fun so um i guess we should just jump right into it scott let's jump right into All it right. um from a twitter user um she gave us questions of how did you meet okay what is the twitter user's name Do you um their it handle? is i don't have their handle Oh, <laughs> but it's from somebody on Twitter. It was a okay. it was a long handle with a lot of letters. Okay, so we can find mm-hmm. it and uh, post that. But so say again, question, how did we meet? Question from Twitter: How did we meet? How did we meet? All right, this is actually a three part question. Oh, okay. So should we... this is the first one. Right. How did we meet? Start with how did we meet? Um, I uh, have a friend. I do. I have. I have more than one friend. Uh, We've had many friends on the show. And it wasn't Scott. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my friends, a couple of my friends worked for a company, um, a trailer vendor company, that um, had these wild and raucous Christmas parties. And every year I would hear about the Christmas parties from this company that a handful of my friends worked for. And they always sounded so fun and so cool. And uh, one year I was like, I'm going to go to this Christmas party. One of y'all is not going to have a date and I'm going to be your plus one. And... um, my friend Glenn, Glenn Warren, glad mm-hmm. gladly accepted, and I was his plus one, so I got to go to this wild and raucous Christmas party, and um, and that's where I met Scott for the first. That's time. where he met me. I was working at this said company, which was Aspect Ratio, and yeah, they cut. You can bleep that out. There. They cut <laughs> film trailers. 
Um, I mean, at the time, I think that they still kind of are. They're kind of one of the main yeah. vendors They're in Hollywood where you went vendors. and had uh, film spots, mm-hmm. TV spots, full film trailers. I think they do a lot of gaming stuff. So I got a job right out of college at Aspect Ratio, and that's where I met our friend Damien, mm-hmm. Damien Bueno. And Damien Bueno had just been going out with this woman named Jeanette. And his, I remember his now, wife. his now wife that they have two beautiful kids with. Mm-hmm. And I had just met Jeanette because we had gone out right after they finished the Tron Legacy account. And that's where I met Jeanette. And we ended up night of drinking. So I was friendly with her. And I believe that Jeanette introduced both of us at this party. Yes. I uh, I got to the party with Glenn. And I went to go and say my highs to everybody that I knew. I got there late because I had to close down Aspect Ratio. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was hanging out with Damien and Jeanette and, you know, Glenn and all the and all the people there. And then I don't remember specifically the timing or how the night went down um, because there was a lot of alcohol and Mm -hmm. other things. But at some point in the night, I remember Jeanette coming over and grabbing me and pulling me towards the bar. And she was like, somebody you have to meet. And she introduced the two of us. After she hung out with you that one night at uh, the Burgundy Room, I remember she just I had, had it in her head like I had she was going to set us too. up if it was the last thing she did. I walked into the party late, and I think that I would have uh, met you very um, quickly after you were at the bar. At the bar, uh, you were like ordering a drink. Mm-hmm. Jeanette was like, "He's here. Come on, yep. yeah, yeah." And we hung out the whole rest of the night, and ever since. Made out in the cab ride home. I remember Glenn was awkwardly sitting in the front seat. <laughs> Not talking to mm-hmm. the cab driver as we were making out in the back. Yeah, I mean, that happened first night. But I did, I did, Glenn drove me to uh, the party. So we did end up, I ended up going back to my apartment to grab Glenn's car, all of that stuff. So, you know, we, it was a respectable evening. We may mm-hmm. have been making out in the backseat of a of a taxi cab, but uh, it ended there. We said our goodbyes. You went home, and I went home. Do you remember the name of the bar that we met? Uh, it was on Melrose, uh, and I know where it is. I think it's still there. I don't remember what it's called. It is called The Parlor. The Parlor. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes. believe that was the 19th of December. I actually spaced our anniversary this year. I'm usually really yeah, good at dates did. and remembering mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was so busy with work that I forgot it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, our, meet, our, meet, our meeting anniversary. Our meet cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most gays, now it seems like just meet on Grindr. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't actually, an app. It wasn't. We were introduced by friends. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the second part of this not question. Not that it's not cool if you did meet on Grindr or anything. I mean, I mean it's so common now. Work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes for a good story. Um, the second part of this question, how did the podcast get started? I mean, I feel like ever since I first started listening to podcasts around the time I moved to L.A. around 2010, I remember I would listen to the IFC pod, the IFC news podcast with Allison Wilmore and mm-hmm. – um, I am spacing on the other guy that used to host that, uh, the, other one. the other, the other guy. But I remember just thinking when I would listen to those, when I would walk around Hollywood, this sounds like it would be so much fun to do. Yeah. So I think that's when I first start, started to think I should do a podcast. And also yeah. just kind of when doing podcasts, I was under the impression of you had to be associated with like 
IFC, a company, right, doing it in right. a studio. Little did I know yeah. that all you need to do a podcast is just an audio recorder. Yeah. You don't need anything. You don't really need anything. You just need, yeah, you need a, a couple bucks to host your site. Mm-hmm. You could do it on your iPhone if you wanted to. We don't, obviously, because the sound quality of our podcast is exemplary, if I do say so myself. And I think that just the idea mulled around in my head for a good couple years, right. and then in 2019, we just decided to commit to do it. Right. Um, I had been working on a podcast with some friends of mine, my my straight guy friends, Um we just decided to do it as – I mean we were getting to an age where we were all kind of pairing off, getting married. One of us – one of our friends had had a kid. Aforementioned Damien and Jeanette had their first child at that at this point. And it was that thing where we were, we were getting to a certain age and there was less and less opportunity to see our friends. And mm-hmm. so we kind of created a reason for us to get together – once a week and hang out and we kind of created this this podcast idea that I had done uh, starting around 2017 which was very special television that I did with my really good friends uh, if you want to look that up it's still on Apple Podcasts yeah, it's, all there. it's still there if you want to listen to very special television um, and we talked about the very special episodes of sitcoms and mm-hmm. there was 70 something episodes 72 73 episodes and i think they're really funny they're about you know a little over an hour each one and uh it kind of most of those friends were musicians so they all had recording experience and equipment our friend jose helped us out a lot with yeah. getting this podcast running yeah too, i was able advice. to just take a look and see what these guys were doing just based on their music background and recording at home and what they used and so i just went and kind of copied everything jose was doing and set up a little podcast recording studio in our old apartment in our living room on the couch and we had an idea came up with the name and we took off yeah and all the listeners that we have all the social media that we have this is a hundred we say this all the time this is a hundred percent independent podcast we don't have any backing from you know, like Scott was saying, you know, thinking that you need to have like a studio behind you, you know, this is not uh, Carrie Bradshaw walking into like a high rise in downtown yeah, and sitting in a booth. We're literally sitting on the couch, you know, <laughs> doing this since all of our social media followers, all of our listeners, it's just completely been word of mouth and friends and spreading the word and posting on social media and people catching on hashtags and all that stuff. And that's kind of how it started and how we got to where we are today. I always had major FOMO with your podcast VSTV. I always wanted to be there for every recording. I always would chime in my advice for all that kind of stuff. So I just had to create one of my own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing. My friends and I, I was like, this is funny. People would listen to us talk. And that's kind of how that original idea came about. We were driving to Vegas, just the guys. And we were like, that four-hour drive to Vegas felt like it was 20 minutes mm-hmm. because we were just making each other laugh so much. So we were like, why not? Who of the guys have we had on this? episodes? We had Chris and Jose. Chris and Jose. Yeah. Um, 
Kristen Masters Kristen Universe. Masters Universe and Jose did Single White Female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both straight guys, but yeah. we needed a good straight perspective we on need these. To, we need to get him back on in, in 2023. And we need to get Damien on They're really well. good guests. Yeah. We need Damien. Yeah. All right. And the third follow-up question is, if you could temporarily have your memory erase Eternal Sunshine style <laughs> to watch a movie with a fresh set of eyes, what would you choose? Man, that is a tough I was question. thinking today about this question that um, I was thinking about movies that we grew up with yeah, as kids. Yeah. And I was thinking of like, what would me now in my mid-30s think about a movie like Labyrinth right. if I did not grow up on it? Right. Because I remember when we watched Labyrinth for our episode with our friend Jared and his husband Michael – um, I think that they're married. I'm not sure. Might be boyfriend. I, was, <laughs> I, I think that they're married. Um, I remember M- Michael did not grow up on that movie, and it was his first time watching it. And I could kind of tell Michael was not super into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've shown it to people who haven't seen it before, and they're just like, kind of one of those this? movies. What that is you this had music? This music's corny. You know. I still think if I were to watch that movie now, I think I would be still into utterly it. Utterly charmed. Yeah, I yeah I I tend to agree. I think I would be very much into that movie. But yeah, um, what about you? This kind of goes along. There's another question later on that kind of touches on something similar. Um, movies aging and things like that. Um, but yeah, that would be a really good one. Um, there's sometimes when people haven't seen a movie before, like I've never seen it and I'm like, Oh, you're so lucky you get to watch this for the first time. Cause I just know these movies so well. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would love to watch with fresh eyes. Something, I don't know, something, yeah, something kind of... I'd be curious how a movie like Hook would go down if you didn't grow up on it, Ooh, too. Because yeah. that movie is I'm kind of well. wild <laughs> yeah. and very of it of the time yeah, yeah, yeah. for a Spielberg movie. So I'd be curious yeah. of how that would I'm thinking go something, down I'm thinking something like a Star War. Sure. Like if I had never, you know, if I was like living under a rock and I had never seen a Star Wars. I War. mean, I don't think my mom and my sister have ever actually watched any of the Star Wars. I actually no, that's not true anymore because my sister's yeah, um, the her, kids. My sister's kids are really into yeah. Star Wars now, so I'm sure that she just watches bits and pieces of them mm-hmm, as they're just mm-hmm. on at their house. So that's probably not the case now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did I? Yeah, I think yeah, something like a Star Wars. Uh, maybe you know, New Hope or, or the original trilogy. Would, would I be like, this is weird. This is straight up for kids. I think yeah. I tell people when they say they haven't watched any Star Wars movies, watch the original trilogy and yeah. don't watch anything else. <laughs> because if you try to sit down and watch the yeah. prequel movies or the sequel movies made a few years ago, you'll just probably get annoyed at all of them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I mean, we're not going to go into some classics that I have yet to see. The Godfather. <laughs> we need to have you watch The Godfather soon. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think I'm going to say the original Star Wars trilogy because those are so close to my sure my gay nerd heart. Well, we have sort of a follow up email that mm-hmm. is talking about what I think that you are mm-hmm. referring to. Um, this is an email from Dustin. Hello again, guys. I immediately wrote you this email when i heard the news of the mailbag episode on the anastasia episode my question is for both of you what what are your top and bottom five best picture films of all time movies that have aged like fine wine 
and aged like milk. I have listened to every episode many times. You guys have been on my number one spot for the last two in a row, two years in a row. And if you don't believe me, I've attached <laughs> the receipts and then he attached a little picture of the Spotify, Spotify most listened yeah. to. Excited for the Q&A episode, the December ones, and the ones in 2023. Happy holidays, and thanks for giving me joy this year. Love you guys. Aww. From Dustin. Thank you so much, Dustin. Thank you so much. Um, I love this question because I am a... I love the Oscars. This is a Scott question. Uh, this is a very <laughs> me question. Um, I have my answers for this. I don't yeah. know if you just want to hear them from me or if yeah, you have Yeah, no. Them. I have a couple, but yeah, I want you to... All right. My it. top five. Best... Best Picture Winners, mm-hmm. High Fidelity Style, Top 5. Yeah. Titanic, It Happened One Night, All About Eve, Terms of Endearment, and Silence of the Lambs. Those are my top five favorite Best Picture Winners. Work. Movies that I can revisit now and still kind of uh, – I find something new in all of these movies. Mm-hmm. Movies that I think have aged very well. Yeah. That a movie like It Happened One Night from 1934, if you watch that movie with – an audience now, you'll still get laughs, which I think yes. is so cool. Yes. Is yeah. that if you can show that movie to a modern audience mm-hmm. and it's still a good time. So it happened one night, Titanic, All About Eve, Terms of Endearment, and Silence of the Lambs. I mean, when we did our Terms of Endearment episode, that was a movie that when we revisited it, I hadn't seen it in a while. And I have to say, one of the best movies to come out of the 1980s. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. And like Sounds of the Lambs, like it happened one night mm-hmm. that it won the big five yeah. of the best picture, best director, lead, leads, and screenplay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That and those I are don't, like the only two. And I don't think it had been done since uh, it, happened night. it happened one night. Yeah. Wow. Movies have come close to it, but not quite gotten all of them. Sure, sure. Now, do you have. Least favorite I do. picture winners. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'll be a little more specific with my, with, my leech, with my least favorite. I'll mm-hmm. say the movie that should have won, in my opinion. Ah, and also for some it. of these movies, movies that I don't necessarily hate, I just yeah. don't really think that they have aged that well yeah. in looking at Best Picture. I mean, you got to say Crash. I yeah. mean, I feel like Crash's reputation is just sort of... They're the movie that people don't want to sit with at the lunch table now. <laughs> and that was in 2005. Yeah. A pretty strong Best Picture year. A lot of really strong dramas. But I feel like Brokeback Mountain and Capote probably should have won. Sure. I, yeah, I think definitely Brokeback Mountain has a kind of pop cultural mm-hmm. like place. Whereas if you ask, I would say... Maybe not movies that made us gay listeners, but just average movie watchers on the street. What movie do they remember more, Crash or Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> like, I mean, I would hope that it's Brokeback. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I feel like Crash people, if you're not a super Oscar person, Crash is just kind of. I mean, I feel like, well, just Crash memory. just has the reputation of just being not an undeserved being winner. Yeah. I'd be curious to see how that movie revisits because I have not watched Crash probably you know, since 2006. And I like everybody in it. Yeah. It's an incredible I like cast. Everybody in it. The cast is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just sit there going, this movie is trash. <laughs> I think it was a movie that if I were to step back, because I saw Crash early in the theater so the summer that it came out. Like, yeah. I saw it immediately when it was released. Yeah. And I think I think I initially really liked the movie, but I definitely remember that feeling once it started getting nominated for awards, thinking, I don't think 
all of this is really warranted for this movie. Right, right. That I don't think it's really that good. Yeah. Um, I mean, another movie that kind of goes in that conversation, a movie that I have not seen, but I am including it on the list, is Green Book. Right. Because everything that I have read about Green Book, it does not sound like a movie that I would really enjoy. Yeah. I don't think Green Book has ever been on something like Netflix or Prime, so I just haven't had an opportunity to watch this movie off of a streaming platform. And we just don't have the wherewithal to and I pay just five bucks. Don't want to pay five dollars yeah. to rent it. Um, this was the year that Roma probably should have won. Right. It was. This was a very transitional year. Yeah. Netflix was just getting into the game of releasing theatrical movies that w- were eligible for Oscars, and I just remember for that award season there was a big pushback for Roma. Yeah. At the very last minute, mm-hmm. where I'm sure voters probably deliberately put it in their tenth spot, yeah. spot on their ballot, just because it was a Netflix, Netflix. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but Rome is a beautiful movie. We're uh, we're going to be talking about Quran later in the show, mm-hmm. but I mean, and that I director think is solid. When you when it comes down to it, when it comes down to brass tacks, for me, best picture is like the achievement of filmmaking. Yeah, and that movie's pretty incredible. Which is the one that year. And I think so, things like Dances with Wolves and these big kind of like blockbustery movies that maybe they're not the most compelling most original story you've ever seen in your life, but it's like I don't know, fucking The Return of the King deserves a goddamn best picture academy award mm-hmm. because no other movie that year achieved what that movie did as far as filmmaking and yeah. cinema. I mean, and I, and I think that, you know, Roma, Roma really does that. It does, it's that thing where it's like, granted, it's a Netflix movie and we all saw it sitting on our couches. Some people saw it in the movie theater, but a very small. I wish I saw this in the theater. I wish I saw it in the theater mm-hmm. because we, it we is should attract it down. Cinema. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, this is a movie. This is a filmmaker. And it's just like, yeah. He won Best Director, but it yeah. didn't get Best Picture. Yeah. Um, a Beautiful Mind, a movie that I think is fine, but if you were to size that yeah. up with all of the movies that it was nominated for, I think with. that any of those movies should have won over A Beautiful Mind. So uh, 2001 Best Picture, uh, A Beautiful Mind won, Moulin Rouge, In the Bedroom, mm. Fellowship of the Ring, uh. and uh, Gosford Park. Mm-hmm. I would argue that any four of those – right. Are worthy winners. Movies right. that I love. 2001, very underrated movie year. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, there were some bangers that yeah. year. And A Beautiful Mind is something that people still remember, and it has a lot of, like, I don't know, I think it kind of has the almost Forrest Gump kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Prestige filmmaking. Yeah. It's a biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of industry love for Ron Howard that I yes. think yeah. his loss for Apollo 13 had a lot to do with that win. Right, right. And especially, like... I think that Russell had just won for Gladiator, so he probably wasn't going to win a follow-up Oscar Tom Hanks style. But it probably got Jennifer Connelly the Oscar, that she just was swept up in the good graces of Ron Howard that year. Right. Okay. Um, So that's three. Um, The Artist. In my least favorite Best Picture year in 2011. I mean, I'm not really passionate about any of the movies nominated for Best Picture, I feel like Tree of Life, I like, but I think also in retrospect, that would be a weird Best Picture win mm-hmm. if they were to give it mm-hmm. to it. Love Terrence Malick. Um, we used to have a, we still have it. We haven't hung it, but we have a framed Tree of Life poster mm-hmm. that we had up in our old apartment. But The Artist, a movie that I think is fine, but just got kind of 
pushed across the finish line by Harvey Weinstein. Right. Um, and I'm going to go for my last one, Gandhi, because it beat out E.T. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that, I mean, I feel like more people now talk about E.T. than they do Gandhi. Sure. Sure. And I mean, Gandhi's one of those movies. That couldn't, I mean, be, yes, Ben Kingsley. No, Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I don't know. I think the, the casting of Ben Kingsley as Gandhi, it's a little kind of tiptoeing across. Sure. Sh- should know. it go to an Indian actor? Yeah. And I know that uh, Ben Kingsley is from part England. Yeah. I, may, I mean, he might be part Indian, like s- somewhere in, in his ancestry, but yeah. He um, he's actually half Indian. His father's Indian and his mother's British. Okay, sure. Um, but I mean, the, it could be argued that there was a little bit of brown face going on, <laughs> even though he mm-hmm. actually is of half Indian descent. I think it's it's a it's a little iffy when it comes to his his casting and 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 those things. But I mean, you know, uh, E. T. It's E. T. Yeah, it's. Come I on. think it's the best Steven Spielberg movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. the best Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. All right. So the next question, uh, we put the we put this on our Instagram stories, and some of our followers followers submitted question from mm-hmm. Ocean underscore Blue on Instagram. Rank all of the Scream movies. Ah. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you going to start with your least favorite? My least favorite has to be Scream 4. I know that Scream yeah. 4 has a big following behind it. I know that friends of mine really like Scream 4. I am not one of those people. I agree. Same. Same I spot think for that me. when you revisit that movie, I mean, God bless Wes Craven. I hate to speak ill of the dead, <laughs> but there is just something of how that movie is photographed that I think it just looks like an episode of 90210. Uh, <laughs> and it does not do it for me. Yeah. I just remember I watched it... Um, I was like, this is fine. It's, uh, I've seen it once. Every Scream movie, I've seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. Scream 4, I've seen once. And I've never been like, let's watch Scream 4. Every now and then, we're like, let's just put on Scream 3. Yeah. We're not We're not those people who are like, I'm going to watch all the Screams in a row because it's Halloween. No. We're, sometimes we're just like... I just really want to watch Scream 2 right now. I just want to I just want to laugh at Parker Posey. <laughs> yeah. I have to say probably the yeah. next if you're going to be going from worst to best. Scream 3 is kind of a mess. Yeah. And it's one of those movies too that I want to think it's underrated mm-hmm. or it's like we sh- we need to be writing for Scream 3 more. I love Parker Posey in it. Yeah. But that movie is a mess that you can really tell that they were writing that movie on the fly. Sure. Like the day of filmmaking they were giving no, Courtney and Nev yeah. their sides. Yeah. Yeah, totally. that were like fresh from like the printer. They're like, which which one is today's script? The yellow one or the chartreuse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, throw away your mauve script. It's outdated. Um, I agree. I think my fourth place slot is Scream Three, or fifth place slot is Scream Three. And then I think that the next one, I think it's Scream. 2022 not scream five okay all right that i think it's a i think it's pretty passable i think it's a solid three star movie okay i think my third place spot is scream two okay i have problems with the script i just think it's 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 hokey all right it's not good that 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 was that was my susan powder impression um (laughs) 
think, so okay, so we're like changing the places mm-hmm. for Scream Five so now and Scream this is, Two. So now this is our, your second place. My second spot. place is Scream Two. Scream Two. I have a soft spot for Scream Two. I saw it in the theater. You do, you do have a soft spot when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I still think that there's a lot of elements of that movie that are a lot of fun. I like the mm-hmm. opening. I like the opening does not revolve around a phone call. Something yeah. that I hope that the new Scream, mm-hmm. which is Scream Roman numeral four, no six, six, yeah. which what's the fuck? V1, who cares? Fuck up with these, like, (laughs) names now. Now it's just getting confusing. I like the opening of that movie, and I hope that they return to a similar opening like that in the new movie. Where it doesn't revolve around a phone call. Sure. Um, My second place spot is for... Scream 2022. Okay. So the new one. Yeah. I I think it's, um, it's a good entry as far as you know the whole requel mm-hmm. air quotes all the goes. requel stuff was really fun yeah i think they did it as well as that could be done they tackled it and they did it in a very scream way well and it's very We're clever. talking about this movie to well, you and it's very clever for the haters of that movie yeah that it's <laughs> kind of like a it's fun, acknowledging everything it's acknowledging everything and that i think that if you hate the movie it almost acknowledges it acknowledges why you hate it, which right. I think is very clever right. writing. Right. And it's got my girl, Jenna Ortega. Oh, yeah. And Jen. Love Jen. Wednesday Adams. She's all the rage this, this holiday season. But we've been on board with Jenna um, since Scream 2022. I don't know if she's really walking away from that opening of that movie, though. I mean, I put character... it on the other day and I'm like, damn, Jen, Jen Ortega probably weighs... 90 pounds and you are stabbing her multiple multiple times, times in multiple this opening times <laughs> how are you not pouring that kicking tearing that poor girl apart breaking bones stab through the hand that hand is useless the rest of her life she's never playing the piano again um but she didn't before uh but yeah i love jenna ortega i love that these that they just cast i mean you know fuck it they cast diverse they made the two main girls fierce Latinas. Latinas. Yep, and it wasn't even a plot point. No, Mm-mm. it was just Billy knocked up this the one Latina girl at you know what's the name of their high school? Woodsboro High. Woodsboro High, and hey, and we got these two, um, and yeah, they were both really great in it, charming, and um, it's got Jack Quaid who we love, yeah, and of course number one spot. One, I mean, number one's clearly one, it so is going to be Scream. Yeah, obviously, it's going to go to Scream One. So we're we don't even have to elaborate on why. Jano Provinciano from Instagram asks us, "When are we going to get to a Pedro Almodovar movie on the podcast?" Almodovar. I really want to get to an Almodovar movie on the show. So I kind of made up the question of what is your favorite Almodovar movie. Kind of sure. going off this, we yeah. will get to we'll get a, to one. We'll get yeah. to one eventually yeah. Yeah. in 2023. But what is your favorite mm. Pedro movie? That's hard. It was very hard, and yeah. I have not seen. We haven't seen all of a them. lot of yeah. the older. And I mean, I still haven't seen movies like Broken Embraces. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen The Skin I Live In, which I know is very controversial with the subject matter because I think that there's a trans character in it. Mm. Um, and I haven't seen like trans characters. In his movies. Well, I mean, there's yeah. there's trans characters in a lot of his yeah. movies, but that one in particular, I think people usually take issue with. Right, right, right. Um, I haven't seen Women on the Verge of a ner- of a Nervous Breakdown. Mm-hmm. I need to see that. I think that's the thing. I think we haven't really done one yet because you know the last one that we saw, the one with Penelope, with Penelope Cruz, mm-hmm. um, 
Parallel Mothers. Parallel Mothers. We both walked out of Parallel Mothers and were like, holy shit, that was a great movie. Like, yeah, she's, she's incredible. Amazing. In it. And it's that thing that Almodovar does. And I don't know if it's because he's European or Spanish in particular or, or gay or what, but you walk out of a Almodovar movie and it's like, you've never seen anything like it and you never will again. Yeah. It's all of his scripts are completely original and unique and different and they keep you guessing and every one that you watch we're like that's my favorite Almodovar movie. Oh yeah, definitely. I every time you see one, we watch it's the, your favorite the Antonio movie where he's the movie director. Yes. I remember thinking that was yes. really good. Um I think that gun to my head of what I have seen it is a tie between All About My Mother and Volver. Right. Yeah. Uh, both we yeah. could totally do on the show. And too. I feel like each one of those, you're like, well, that's the classic Amado. That's the quintessential. Mm-hmm. But, but there's like both. There's either one could, you could say that about. Um, and I think it might be a situation where maybe we do need to watch more so that we can be that'll a little be, bit more well rounded. That'll be our say, podcast New Year's resolutions. Yeah. We'll go through his filmography for when we do get mm-hmm. to an Almodovar mm-hmm. episode. We can be fully prepared. Yeah, absolutely. For that movie. Um, all right. From from Night Film Club on Instagram, mm-hmm. do either of you have movies that you hated but grew to love? So what's a movie that when you first watched it, you did not like, sure. and then kind of in repeat viewings, yeah. you grew to love it? Okay. I have one. Okay. I actually have two. All right. Hit me. Uh, the first time I saw Avatar oh. with my friends Sean and Jessamine, I remember... <laughs> Really hating it. You're like this fucking movie. That I was like this fucking movie. <laughs> and then when he, Jim Cameron, started to win all the awards for it, mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like it's not that good. <laughs> but I have to say, when I've done revisits of Avatar, because the 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 Way of Water just came out, mm-hmm. so we just saw it in IMAX last September. Yeah. But even like up until a few years ago, I think it's a really good movie of when I revisit it. Yeah. That I think I have grown to appreciate it through the years. You know, it's one of those things that it's so easy for people to sit there and be like, it's Fringali, it's Dances with Wolves. Which I would also counter that, that I think that all three of those movies are, that movie is very different from both of those. It is. Too. But I'm saying it's it's easy to sit there and I say that. I see it on the surface And level, it's though. easy to be like, oh, these blue people, who cares? These blue people, whatever. But like, when you get down to it and again i'm going back to the the feat of making and producing this movie yes and what the hell went into creating creating Avatar. this into- this entire world of pandora and like not only that too but when you do watch it in 3d it's like there's a reason that like 3d movies had a big boom in the late 2000s and they kind of came back and 3D TVs and everything was being – it's fucking because of Avatar. Yeah, it's all know? because of Avatar. And it's like you watch some of them and you're like, oh, the 3D is so bad and it makes my head hurt and I don't and I don't have anything interesting to say. Yeah, fine. But when you watch Avatar, it's completely different. It's the mm-hmm. 3D – and that's another thing too that people say, well, I didn't even notice that it was in 3D. It's because – It's that seamless. It's It looks yeah. – sh- that's how he shoots it. It's on purpose. That's it's how all he films there. It. Yep. You know, it's like the 3D is done in such a way that that it's mimicking how we view things, um, and uh, just the, the just everything that goes into creating these 
these movies, it's like nobody else can do that. And, you know, the movies get filtered down and filtered down and filtered down and you can watch it on on demand on Netflix and you can watch it on your iPad and you can watch it on your phone and pretty soon you can watch it on your Apple Watch. And it's like you're not supposed to watch Avatar on a phone. You're not supposed to watch everything everywhere all at once on the back of an airplane seat. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not supposed to watch these movies in this kind of disposable way. And, you know, I know going to the theater is not for everybody, but it's how a lot of these movies are, are supposed to be seen. And um, I think Avatar, it's like, yeah, you can you can say it's like, all right, it's too long. So, yeah, so I think that Avatar Whatever. for me is just one that I really learned to appreciate yeah. with repeat viewings. What yeah. about you? Um, I think, gosh... What movies do I hate? Um, another I movie that I have kind of grown to love, and I know this movie is not liked, and I will get, <laughs> like, fruit thrown at me for this one. Like, I'll get pegged with tomatoes or mm-hmm. something. But um, Joel Schumacher's Phantom of the Opera. I think that whenever I revisit <laughs> it, I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. No, and no. I remember when I first saw that movie at the Ellen Theater in Bozeman, I remember not liking it. And sure. just thinking that it was terrible. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. God, that's a tough one because there's a lot of movies that I used to like. Sure. And it, now I it, don't it's like It's usually anymore. the other way around. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the first Friday the 13th, I was always like, the first Friday the 13th is bad. It's It's... It's not great. None of them are really that good. They're kind of subpar as far as slashers go, sure. blah, blah, blah. When we sat down and in a movie theater and watched Friday the 13th. Yeah, we made it. No when, phone, we, when we were no in Florida, we noticed yeah. that their Regal was just showing $5 horror movies at, yeah. at their city walk. And we went to Friday the 13th. It was late September. It was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time watching that yeah. on the big screen. And it really changed my mind. I was like, man, this movie's fucking solid. Scares that would not have affected me sitting yeah. on my couch that kind of got me in the theater, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. So that one, that one kind of turned it around for me. Um, yeah. I think mostly it's movies that I used to like and I'm just like, oof, mm-hmm. oof, this is not great anymore. Sure. <laughs> All right. Um our friend Jackson, Jackson Cooper, asked us what our favorite casual nudity in a movie is. I mean, I got to go with uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. There's uh, the Aggies in the shower. Yeah. Do you see Dick in that scene? Very briefly. Very briefly. Very briefly, but you see a lot of ass. It's kind of like Can't Stop the Music. You see you see mm-hmm. boys in jock straps. Oh, okay. I think that you mainly just see guys in jocks. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I have to go with JCVD in Bloodsport, where you see where he's putting on his little black briefs, and you see that butt. <laughs> That's a really good male nudity sure. in a movie. Sure. I remember when I was young, I would watch... Inner Space on Laserdisc. Dennis Quaid's ass. And there is a really great Dennis Quaid butt shot in that movie when mm-hmm. Meg Ryan is driving off in a car and... Uh, the towel gets stuck in the door. The towel. or It's like a bed sheet. He comes out wrapped in a bed sheet. Mm-hmm. And she's leaving and That's the bed sheet gets caught in the door and mm-hmm. he's naked on the streets of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I remember pausing that on Laserdisc. Dennis Quaid's like tight, tiny mm-hmm. little butt. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, good choices. Yeah, I was going to go. I was going to, I think I was going to throw out uh, Dennis Quaid in Inner Space. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Mikey J nineteen eighty on Instagram. Do you think our Nick? How do you think our Nick should introduce the next season of films at AMC? Do you think? No. Do you think that they should even change it? Dare they even change Ugh, it too? That's just because it's just such a it's such lightning in a bottle of just celebrity endorsement. Do you dare change it? Would I mean I don't think that Liz Taylor ever filmed another White Diamonds commercial. I think it was always <laughs> just the same one. And this is like Nick's White Diamonds. These have always brought me luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like... Because I know that they like they renewed some contracts, so they're going to keep it. Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to change it, though. I kind of don't think they should change it. I think it has to, I think it has to stay gotta the same. It's got to have the footage of like Creed 2. And like, She's also watching like Jurassic World. And La La Land. And La La Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love just Nicole Kidman going into an empty AMC theater to and watch watching Jurassic World. Jurassic World. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like it's it's Camp Gold. It's so good. That's the thing. And it's like at this at this point to change the script, like uh, yeah, I'm not a good enough like television writer to like come mm-hmm. up with, you know, the next version. I know they could do it. Someone could create a sequel to this commercial to this yeah. to this intro. Not saying that it can't be done. Yeah. It could it could be done. It could be topped. But I also wouldn't be mad if it stayed mm-hmm. this. I mean, when you see that with a full crowd at like the oh. Burbank 16 to this on the weekend, to this day. you will get a round of applause in every single it got, time. It got I've cheers in the way of water when we saw it on Christmas Day. Yep. Still still going strong mm-hmm. 2 years later. Love it. And Nick Nick, are you going to change it? No. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Next question. Um, from George William NYC, what three actresses would you like to see in a movie together? I gave you these questions earlier. I hope that you thought of one. Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu. No. <laughs> They've never have been in a movie together. <laughs> I'd like to see them in a movie together. So I got a full pitch for you. Okay. I want to see like... These three actresses like foil a bank heist or something mm. in a movie from the 1980s. So it's, okay. we're oh, going to be sure. plucking them from Got the it. 1980s. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, I mean, I guess we could do it now, but I think it would be fun to get all of these yeah. broads in their prime in the 80s. Yeah. I want to see sure. a movie with Whoopi, Shirley MacLaine, and Bette Midler. That's a good movie. And I want to see like some sort of a caper yeah. with all of them. Yeah. That is, that's a solid, uh, that's a solid choice right there. Um, God, yeah. I, I just feel like Whoopi and Bet and Shirley are all such strong-willed, let's say. Do you think that there would be like feuding on the I set just there because might, there might be because feuding. there's just so they're just such strong personalities? I think there might be. I mean, I think But that, I don't but I think it would make a great movie. I think that Whoopi would be the most chill of these three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing with Bet Midler is that sure she didn't get along with Shelley Shelley, Long yeah. and Outrageous Fortune. But that chemistry is kind of gold. That's what I'm saying. So it works. That's what I'm saying. You know, Shirley and uh, Deborah Winger mm-hmm. may have yep. butted heads a little bit. But it's like, again, that chemistry is like perfect. Man, so, yeah. that is a, so there's my three. Yeah. That did is, you think about this that's question? That's really great. Um, I did. And, you know, I, I was going with I, – I just wanted to see like Bette Midler and, and Cher, you know – they would be really good together. They would be really good together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know who the third one would be because 
I feel like there would have to be like like a musical element in there. Um, Maybe they like own a nightclub together. Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And but the thing is, if it's Bat Midler and Cher, it's like the third one would have to be like like a serious actress. Sure. That's how it would be. Cow would have been cast. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I'm thinking, like you know, like throwing in Barbara Hershey or throwing, you know. Sure. Susan mm-hmm. Sarandon, those types of against the big personalities. But it's like to throw in like who would be the third one against Cher and and Bette Midler. I don't yeah. It'd have to be like it'd have to be Elton John. <laughs> um Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, I feel like I wasn't able to like to fully wrap my head around who who's the third. So you didn't get the third. Be. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. but I do I do want to see I do want to see Sharon Ben Midler and something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would also like to see another movie with Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz. All right, kind of a similar question from our friend Chris Gallo from Golden Girls mm-hmm. Poster. Plan your own Best Actress Hollywood Reporter Roundtable uh. with actresses from movies that we've covered. Uh. I have a good one on this. All I'd right. like to see a roundtable of Kate Blanchett, Kathy Bates, Gina Davis, and Kate Winslet all commuting the ghost of Bette Davis on a Ouija board. <laughs> like, I want to see them, like, like contacting the ghost of Bette on... Betty, Betty Davis? Betty Davis on a Ouija board. Uh, they'd say and they Betty. can sort of, uh, like, candidly, like, discuss past roles that they've had. Betty, what is, what's the afterlife life? What a dump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you think about this question? Um, yeah, I did. And, I mean, again, I'm going back to Bette Midler <laughs> and, and Whoopi, for sure. Um, they're there. Uh, gosh, that's the thing. Our catalog is so vast that it's like... You can really pull from any, from anywhere on there, but I do like the idea of they're they're pulling out the Ouija board mm-hmm. and they're and they're talking old to old, old Betty Davis. I also just love seeing both Kates doing press, Kate Blanchett yeah. and Kate Winslet. Like they're both super charming and stuff like this. That's true. That's true. I feel like the more you see of Kate Winslet just as a person, she's kind mm-hmm. of growing into this like like. Um, how Emma Tom- how people used to think about Emma Thompson when they would see her like doing press yeah. or at award shows and she's like she's so folksy she's just like us you know mm-hmm. she likes to drink at shows and like take her shoes off when they're too tight I like that and when we were Kate watching- Winslet just seems like she's just she doesn't seem affected at yeah. all yeah she seems great like that yeah that fame really hasn't yeah. Even changed her all that much, but she's but she's Kate Winslet. I like that when we were watching that 2020 special on Avatar, mm-hmm. and when you saw clips of Kate talk about doing Avatar with James Cameron again, and that on set Kate was kind of the the, the interpreter, the interpreter with a lot of I, I think especially the kids of that. All right, we need to get this shit done, and this is what Jim wants. Yeah, and I'm gonna direct all of you kids in a way that's not shouting at you. Yeah. Like in a very mom <laughs> sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Very big mom energy, um, which is great. But yeah, I, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Somebody's got to step in there and take charge. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. I would also like to see them 
uh, channel the spirit of Norma Desmond. Yeah, well, I was, not Norma. Desmond. I was going to do. I was going to do Gloria Stewart that they were that they were channeling. Stewart. They can channel both. They can get all three in, of them. In the same one. Gloria Stewart, Gloria Swanson, mm-hmm. and Betty Davis. Yeah, it's a big Ouija board. Um, from. Tori Chris 80 on Instagram. Chris. Do you think Felicity Huffman should have won the Oscar for Trans America and Reese Witherspoon for Wild? Who won the year of uh, Trans America? Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I think when looking back on that. Oh, I thought oh, it was two different things. For, okay, when, I think when looking back Over. on that Best Actress year, I think Felicity Huffman is really good in Trans America. It's mm-hmm. a very worthy nomination, but I think that Reese's win ages better. Yes, that I yeah. think that yeah. uh, I think that it's probably best to not have that discussion about if Felicity Huffman had won Best Actress, right? All these years later, because it would definitely be a big. Talking, it would be a yeah. big talking point that was not really there in 2005 and 2006 when they were making the movie. It but, was, but it was in passing. It was, it was in like, passing. That's yep. interesting, mm-hmm. but they would never get a trans woman to play this character in a big budget movie. It was like that was the thing. I think it's the like, conversation well, has choice. evolved mm-hmm. yeah. so much yeah. that that movie would look very different now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Reese Witherspoon for Wild. I think Reese Witherspoon is really good in Wild. Almost, dare I say, underrated in Wild. That I think that she's better than people remember her being. And also, it's Reese's only follow-up for her win, too. Sure. Um, but also, that is the year that Julianne Moore won for Still Alice. And I feel like that was just the moment that Julianne had to win. Sure. For Still Alice. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of fine with Julianne Moore having that win. Yeah. I don't, Julian, but, yeah. Uh, but I think the gist of this question is that if... Um, Felicity would have won for Transamerica. Would Reese have her Oscar for Wild? I don't know. Maybe. I also think maybe if Reese doesn't get the Oscar, her career looks very differently. That they try to put her in more vehicles to get back in. She already has one. But I'm saying that, like, if she didn't win <laughs> right, right, in 2005, right, like, right, right. it probably changes. The, she would have. Yeah. It probably changes her whole career path got after that got it, got it, got it, got it. because the trans america year is the walk the line yep. year mm-hmm. right so should it have bumped that and then bumping reese to now win hers mm-hmm. a year later two years later uh still alice was 2014 so yeah. almost 10 wow mm-hmm. wow yep Interesting. Good question. I love those kind Good of weird, um, yeah, weird that's a, sort that's of, a train of alternate, a train alternate of reality question. Oscar questions. I love mm-hmm. those. Um, microfilm music on Instagram. Best actress of 2022. Pete, what's one of your favorite performances by Michelle Yeoh and everything? Michelle Yeoh and everything ever all at once. She's so good in that movie. Yeah. It will be a photo finish of who wins that Oscar because I think Kate could very well win a third. She has two. She already has two, but does she need a third? No, she doesn't need a third. Mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh needs an Oscar. Yeah, it would be super fierce to see <laughs> Michelle Yeoh win. Also, kind of, um, I also want to give a shout out to one of my favorite performances of the year, Leslie Manville and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Mm. I think that she is so charming in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's on Peacock right now. Yeah, it is a really good movie, and she's 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 very well utilized in that movie. Um, who are our front runners right now for Best Actress? Kate and Michelle. I mean, for the top for the five nominees. Okay, so I think the top five are going to be Michelle Yeoh, Kate Blanchett, Michelle Williams, 
a for, movie for the Fablemans, a movie that I am not wild about that performance in the movie. Right, same. Because I think it is a little, it's there is kind of two massive highs and massive lows in that performance. And I think that she was directed to be like that by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that Danielle Deadwilder is going to get in for Till. I think that she'll get the actor's vote. And the fifth slot, I think, is going to go to Viola Davis for The Woman King. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's my five. I think that's going to be the the five favorites going into nomination morning. Okay. All right. All right. I still think of those. I want to see Michelle Yeoh. Uh, we have not seen The Woman King. We have not seen Till. Um, yeah, I need to see both. Yeah, we need to see both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, saw everything everywhere a year ago. I mean, we saw that <laughs> in March. Yeah. So what's kind of cool about just the release schedule of that movie is that I think that A24 really knew what they were doing when they were rolling that movie out. We but saw early people forget about it. We saw it early IMAX. doesn't have the buzz, but the fact that there is still this buzz. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine months later, I do kind later. of, my friend Josh and I were talking about how that movie is going to go down with older voters. Sure. So. Yeah. But I mean, if it's something that, you know, the, the, the momentum that it has can get Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Kehu Kwan. I think. Academy Awards. I think that both Kehu Kwan like, and Jamie Lee Curtis have very good odds of winning supporting. Yeah. I think especially for her because Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, that's why we love her, but Mm -hmm. she is thirsty (laughs) that she will work for that nomination. She will shake hands. She She will will go to every single Academy event. She will shake all of the right hands. She will kiss all of the babies to get that nomination. And you know what? Good for Jamie. Like she's been in this industry forever and she deserves it. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is great. Yeah. Yeah. She'll cut every uh, grocery store Mm -hmm. ribbon. She'll be opening the newest Ralph's anywhere in LA. If (laughs) you mm -hmm. chat to her somewhere. Um, I'm pretty sure that she is still promoting knives out on her Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, next question from our friend Rudy Blue from Queer Punk Disco on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Favorite favorite teen actress role? Teen actress role? I pick kind of a interesting one for this. I don't know if Drew was a teenager when she made it, although I think that she was. Mm-hmm. I think that she was around 18 when she made Poison Ivy. Oh, sure. I think Poison yeah, she Ivy. Was, she was definitely... Uh, just 18. Our Lolita, our Long Island Lolita herself, yeah. Drew Barrymore for Poison Ivy. <laughs> I love that movie. I think that's my favorite teen role. Right, right. No. Seducing uh, Tom Skerritt, fucking him on the car in the rain. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It made quite the impression on a it, young Scott. It really did. On Yeah, on all of us. Gosh, I love Poison Ivy. Um I mean, am I just gonna am I just gonna go with uh, Alicia Silverstone, Cher, Horowitz? She was a teen girl. Mm-hmm. Love it. I mean, it's Cher Horowitz. Yeah, come on. I mean, it's it's nineties Alicia Silverstone. So good. Yeah, yeah. But I think I might have to go with. I might really have to when I'm getting down to it. I think I'm gonna have to go with. Um, Veronica Sawyer. Oh, Winona. Winona Ryder so and Heathers. Good. 
Yeah. Great and Heathers. Um, let's see. Who has the sexier voice? Ooh. From C. Sanders 96. Who has the sexier voice? Lauren Bacall, Kathleen Turner, or Emma Stone? Kathleen. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with <laughs> Kathleen, too. Nobody did the 1980s like Kathleen. Kathleen. I mean, Emma Stone does have a good... She's got a good gravelly voice. And I think as she ages, it's going to get, you know, a good timbre. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Lauren Bacall... We love High Point coffee. Mm-hmm. We still drink High Point coffee every morning to Lawrence get that had rush that, of caffeine. Lawrence had that husky voice since she was like, I mean, I feel like the 40s. she's been making those movies since she was like 18 years old. Right, right. That right. she was a very early discovery right. in those movies. But I think the the, the iconic Lauren Bacall voice is, is the late 70s. Mm-hmm. The late 70s, early 80s Lauren Bacall Pushing eye point coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a great voice. It's, you know, it's like, is it is it all from, from you know, emphysema and, you know, uppers, downers, and candy corns? Maybe. Uh, the old studio system. But uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's husky. It's, it's, she also has the mid-Atlantic accent mm-hmm. on top of the voice, yeah. which makes it even more iconic. Um, so I would say go out and, and find yourself a good High Point Coffee Lauren Bacall uh, commercial compilation on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But Jessica Rabbit, I mean... Jessica Rabbit's a good voice. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen Turner, Romancing the Stone. Yeah, 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 She's yeah. iconic. I mean... Pussy she, Willows. I mean, <laughs> that filmography from the 80s is pretty intimidating, too. Oh, yeah. it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, I, it, it's, I think maybe it's a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a toss-up. Yeah. yeah, I think Laura Bacall, it was, I, yeah, I was kind of forgetting the, the coffee commercials, but, you know, yeah. They're, they're, they're great. They're both great. All right. One last question to sort of... Uh, to round out sure. this portion of our episode, uh, Disneyland, Disney, Disneyland Andrew from Instagram. Uh, yeah, Disneylandrew. Dis, Disneylandrew. Yeah. You have to. It, it works better when you it, read it. It's a portmanteau, and you mm-hmm. read it, but yep. it, you, mm-hmm. you say Disneylandrew. Disneylandrew from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Who is an actress you all think is underrated, and who is overrated? So underrated actors. Ooh. I was thinking about this question today. Yeah. Of. Actresses that have always done solid work, and you would say that they're a little underrated, and I could really narrow it down to two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Hope Davis. Ooh. I used to love Hope Davis when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a really interesting actress. And, I mean, you kind of see her in everything. I mean, she's done MCU movies. She plays Robert Downey Jr.'s mom in <laughs> one of the Avengers movies. Yeah. I remember sitting in the theater and just being kind of gagged at that part. It's like, You're oh, like that is Hope God, Davis. God, that is Hope Davis. That is Schenectady, New York. That is Hope Davis. Schenectady, New York's Hope Davis. No, you're thinking of you're thinking of Samantha Morton. Oh, am I thinking of You're Samantha, thinking of Samantha okay. Morton? I mean, I think that they're Hope cut. Davis isn't in Synecdoche, New York? You might be thinking of American Splendor. Okay. She's in American Splendor, uh, Hearts in Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, I mean, her... Proof. Her, her biggest role, her, her meatiest, juiciest role, Home Alone. Yeah. She's the... she's She works for the airlines and she has a beautiful French accent she that does. I'm... Assuming that she teaches that in acting school. And I was thinking of another underrated actress, and I'm going to say Minnie Driver. Love Minnie Driver. I think Minnie Driver is super charming. Yes. I would like to see her work more. She's done a little bit of TV. I remember her show The Riches with Eddie Izzard when Mm -hmm. she was on that. I didn't watch that show Speechless that was on ABC. 
but I know that was just sort of a solution to Roseanne. <laughs> uh, yeah, Minnie Driver. I think she's great. Right. Well, I will have you know that Hope Davis is actually in Synecdoche, New York. She's down the, she's down the list, but she's in there. Yeah, that movie has a pretty big cast. It has a very big mm-hmm. cast. Um, under- Who's underrated actresses? actresses. Um, I feel like... I... I feel, and I don't know if it's a thing. I always I keep going back to I really loved It Follows, and I feel like what the hell happened to Micah Monroe? Sure. <laughs> she got the Independence Day sequel, and then she just yeah. kind of disappeared. She's yeah. on some chiller. Uh, yeah. She's on some streaming – The Watcher or something. She's on, she's on some streaming watched, movie that I saw posted really, a little yeah. bit. But, yeah. But I always go back to It Follows because I love that, and I, and I thought she was so um, – so good really well good in the guest too and, and great in the mm-hmm. guest yeah yeah, yeah. Um, overrated I'm gonna have to go with one of the Nepo babies I know that everyone's <laughs> been talking about Nepo babies and if I had to get rid of one mm-hmm. Lily Collins <sighs> and Pete and I are kind of people too that don't give these Nepo babies too hard of a time because I think for the most part if you make it in the room with the casting agent, that's when it's like, are you talented or aren't you talented? Yeah. It's like, I love Ethan Hawke and uh, Uma Thurman's daughter. Mm-hmm. Maya, I think she's great. Zoe Kravitz, I think that she definitely mm-hmm. has something. Mm-hmm. But Lily Collins is someone that I think any role that she's in, you could have just cast somebody better. And, you know, I think that uh, a lot of the Emily in Paris gays are going to turn on you. Because the, the well, Emily in Paris gays... That's a, that's a bullshit show. They're out in full force Sorry about this it. season. I know that the new season just yeah, came out. Yeah, the new season just dropped. So yeah, and, I'm throwing down the gauntlet and yeah. saying Lily Collins is overrated. All right, all right. And, and she didn't have to work for any of that career. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, who do I feel like is overrated? I, I don't want to be too mean on this one. I almost wanted to say, like... I almost wanted to say like like Sophie Turner. I'm like, what is she? What has she done for me lately? What has Sophie Turner even done after Game of Thrones ended? X Men. I mean, I guess that she's just <laughs> married to a Jonas Brother, yeah. which I guess good for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's that weird X Men movie. But I'm mm-hmm. like, why am I seeing her everywhere? But it's that's just because overexposure, and that's yeah. different than overrated, I guess. That's kind of what Margot Robbie is going through right now, right? And we'll see how the Barbie movie lands. Yeah, because I think Margot, and by no fault of her own. And the yeah. thing is, I feel like somebody like Jennifer Lawrence, it was. We were like, uh, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I like Jennifer Lawrence. Do I think she just got lucky in that career? Yeah. Winner's Bone. That Winner's Bone like landed bone. like that. And she got that Oscar nomination for right. a movie that I'm kind of surprised that a lot of people saw. Right. I mean, I, I actually love Winner's Bone. Like, I think it's a really, bone. it's a really great movie, but I think that she just kind of hit the Powerball with all of that. Right. That I think that she just gave super charming interviews, mm-hmm. so you just saw her everywhere. Right. And right. then she's just getting all of these big roles getting offered to her. Mm-hmm. And now, I know that her Apple movie is supposed to be pretty good. I have not watched it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, things like, what the hell did she win her, uh, she actually won her Academy Award for? Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook. Was she was good in that? Yeah, 
Um, I think it's a very generous Best Actress win. Too. That's what I'm going mm-hmm. for here. Yeah. yeah. The mop, the mop lady. Joy. Joy. I like Joy. Fine. Overrated Oscar went, like, I don't think she should have gotten Best nominated nomination. for Best Actress that's, for that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I don't want to pile on Jennifer Lawrence, but, and I think Margot Robbie's going through something similar in that she is in a lot of movies. Well, and I think that, I mean, but I, I can't, you can't fault people for you, working. You can't fault people for working. And I get on paper working with David O. Russell in Amsterdam because she was a late addition to that too. I think that Emma Stone, right? I think left that movie last minute and Margot. Did Emma Stone also leave Babylon? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I thought she, I think Emma Stone was attached to Babylon and she left in Margot Robbie. It would make sense just because it. of that director. Yep. But I mean, I get both of those decisions with Margot of that when uh, Damien Chazelle offers you the lead in his Hollywood epic, I think you just got to take it. You know so what I, would I get do. it. You know what I would do? What? If Damien Chazelle offered me the lead in his Hollywood I'd pass. <laughs> a, like a best Oscar winning director though? But no thanks. I don't, you know, my thoughts on Damien Chazelle. I mean, I'm very much with you. I think he's pretty overrated. Yeah. If you're going to answer the question of overrated directors, <laughs> I would say Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. And he's Absolutely. been kind of getting his ass handed to him this week. Um, I didn't hate Babylon. I think it's fine. There's parts of it that I like. Mm-hmm. But I also think you could have trimmed a good hour off that runtime and Ooh. it wouldn't have affected the movie at all. Oh, my goodness. And I am happy to say that I let you see it without me. In an empty theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, as far as the Margot Robbie conversation is concerned, I think she is well liked enough that it's like I don't, I don't fault her for working. I don't fault her for taking roles. It happened to Jude Law that one year where he was in every movie. Two thousand four, yeah, big two thousand four, big two thousand four. Chris Rock made fun of him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I I don't think she is. I think it may be verging on overexposed, but I don't think Margot Robbie is by any means overrated. Yeah, same. You know, yeah. So where the Jennifer Lawrence conversation, she was overexposed, and we think she is slightly overrated. So are you going to answer roles. Jennifer Lawrence and overrated? Yes, I'm going to okay. answer Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we got next? Uh, I think that does it for our for our first half of the <gasps> oh, show. We're going to bring in a very special guest. Yes. Could you just hang in with us for a few moments? Yes, indeed. Uh, stick with us. We have a very special uh past guest he's been on several episodes one of my of, favorite guests that we've had on the show yeah absolutely. he makes me laugh michael morgan he makes us laugh every time michael morgan sit tight he's coming up next with fuck mary kill welcome back to the show michael morgan ah uh, thank you happy to be here happy new year it is happy our holidays. it is our new year's mailbag episode you are our very special guest to play a game of Fuck, Mary Kill. You are the Heather Locklear of the Mailbag episode. <laughs> very special appearance. Oh, a very special appearance. I that makes me so happy because I constantly feel like the Heather Locklear of Silver Lake. So, ah, okay. It adds up. <laughs> As in like washed up former blonde. Mm, got it. Got it, got it. Well, I mean, this is uh, this is going to be a little bit more uh, 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 on the lighter side. Uh, we've got some fun stuff going on. Scott, why don't you talk about the fuck Mary kill? I mean, we so have. we're going to play a little a little <laughs> round of fuck Mary kill. Okay, so 
first first group. And these are all submitted. Oh yeah, these are all by submitted listeners. by listener listeners off one of our stories. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the username for these ones. For each and every for each and every one. A lot. But you know who you are. Yeah. Okay. For the first for the for the first one. Really good one to start out with. All right. Randy, Stu, and Billy from Scream. From the Scream movies. Randy, mm, Stu, Okay. Okay. Um, do we want to do we want to let Michael go first on this one because he's the guest, and we'll do a round robin? Or Scott, are you ready with your with your Randy, Stu, and? I think I'll go first. Okay. Go um, I am going to fuck Billy Loomis. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich <laughs> kind of does it for me. Okay. I can't explain it. It's the hair. It's the it's like the white t shirts. I think Skeet is very good looking, and I think that Billy would be pretty wild in bed. Oh, um, probably. Kill Stu, just because that that character is a lot, and probably marry yeah. Randy just because I can help him run the Woodsboro Video Store. Oh, see, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm 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 thinking long term. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Randy will grow into a managerial position if he's not already I assistant think so. manager mm-hmm. of the video store, and then everybody's dropping like flies in this town. So something you know, somebody's got to run that store. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Okay. What about you guys? I am a little shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I would not fuck uh, Billy. He is evil. (laughs) Mm. I I just couldn't get over it. He's too evil. So I have to kill Billy Loomis. He's too dark. But I would also, I think if you don't marry Randy, you have problems. Like, who doesn't want to marry Randy? Like you said, you get to like run the video store. Although, wait a minute. Okay, I can kind of like... We can really, like, get idiotic. What about Scream 2? Does that play into it? Because then you are going to experience tragedy and you're going to be, be a, a widow. A widower, yeah. Oh, this is true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but I, then I would, I would um, fuck Stu. Why not? He's cute. And he's, like, slightly <laughs> less evil. I feel like I can fix him. Yeah. Oh, oh, he definitely is the I can fix him type. Good call. <laughs> Stu? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's unfixable. I think <laughs> I think I'm You know to- what? You know what it yeah. also is and this is kind of weird. I kind of have a um Scooby Doo fetish. Oh, like I think Sh- Shaggy is hot. Sure, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. he was Shaggy and I think that that's also influencing. I mean, some of the some of the online uh Scooby Doo. I'm not alone. I know there's a weird community. <laughs> there's erotic there's, artwork. Online. There's a weird internet niche for all of us. <laughs> I'm strictly yeah. talking about Shaggy and maybe Fred. Okay, yeah, that, no, we're not yeah. we're not going beyond those two characters. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, Velma, okay. Velma's got her own like sapphic, you know, fan base. But there is definitely listeners. If you're not familiar with the uh, Shaggy and Freddy erotic adventures online just go to deviantart.com i've seen one where they're like on the wrestling team in singlets and they're oh yeah Uh let's just say that they're real excited to be going against each other in the in the artist artistic interpretation all right i like that okay well i think that i have to i think i have to kill Stu, even though he is shaggy norbert shags i forgot shaggy's like canon last name um but it, you know he j- it's just loud and just the like spitting and mm-hmm. all of that stuff i feel like he's annoying me so uh i'm out he's out he's gone 
And I think, Scott, I think I have to agree with you that I've got to marry Randy, which means, yeah, even though, like... He's pretty evil, but I bet that he's a really fun bone, though. Billy, yeah. Billy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, we know... But did he sleep with mm-hmm. mom? I forget. Did he sleep with Maureen? Oh, with the mom. Come on. I, mean, I, w- I, mean, I really I think, want I think a that stream ra- prequel I, I called Maureen. He, I think that he raped Maureen. Oh. Yeah, which, not to get super dark... <laughs> Jesus. That's kind of a bummer. Thanks. <laughs> well, but I mean, he, you know, he he made it with Sydney one last time, right before. But that was like also like avenge. I don't know. Well, I I think I'm just gonna live happily ever after with with Randy until the next yeah. movie. But this 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 FMK for these three, let's just say it only takes place in you know, the last half of Scream One. Scream Two doesn't exist yet. Okay, okay, good. In the moment. So, all right, all right, next one. What do we got? Round two. Yes. On a, all, okay, so this is like our Mexican director auteurs. Okay. Alejandro <laughs> Gonzalez, Inner Two, Del Toro, or, or Coron. Or Alfonso Cuaron. And so I'm guessing the logic here is kind of, it's all a metaphor for which filmmaker you like the best, essentially. I mean, two, yeah. I, I, if you look them up, they're not... As some of them are not bad looking, you know, but in general, I assume we're kind of basing this off of our love of their filmmaking or no. Oh, I, I think you could, do, you could do it either way. Do either way. Because, uh, for, I mean, for me, Alfon- mm-hmm. Alfonso Cuaron is like really hot. Yeah, I think he's super <laughs> handsome. I agree. And it's always his son. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how, when, what year was he born? The son is is older than me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So we're fine there. Um. But well, no, he can't be because Alfonso's not that old. I was but, gonna say um, he must have had when it was him when he was when really he was young. Twelve. Then. I'm I'm gonna look this up. But any at any rate, I think Alfonso Cuarón uh, is very good looking, and um for that, I think I will. Uh, I think I'm gonna fuck Alfonso. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna marry Del Toro because that house is really insane, but really cool. I don't know if you're familiar with the interiors of Guillermo Del Toro's home. Mm. It, it, That's why it's like you're in it for the house. That's a good yeah, call. Yeah, his house is decorated. Listeners, if you're not familiar, uh, look up online um, the home of. Um, I just forgot his name. You're gonna Del Toro. That out. Uh, Del, <laughs> Del, Del Toro. Guillermo Del Toro. Willow, William. But it it looks like William. It looks like a uh, a goth uh, TGI Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. It's just missing like a like a street sign, like a like a, a red, yellow, and green like stop sign. Um, but I would marry him to get the house and the cool like living arrangement because I love like a spooky ooky kooky house. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Inaritu, I'm just not familiar enough with his movies. I think the ones that I have seen are downers. So he only makes downer movies. So there you go. Interesting. So, you go. so that's me. Who's who's up next? I'll go. I'm chomping at the bit. All right, do it. Okay. So I do agree with you. However, I would marry Curon. Okay. Michael Curon has a nice ring to it, first of all, in my mind. But um, I would say, of all the directors, he's directed my favorite film, which is Itu Mama Tambien. Um, And also A Little Princess, very high up there for me. If you haven't seen it, check it out. So I would marry him based on that, because I would be like, I'm not only in love with your boyishly handsome good looks, but you also (laughs) are a... 
a legitimate and genius filmmaker and we go. need to spend the rest of our lives together. And then I would actually F Inaritu because mm-hmm. he kind of has that rugged like 2 a.m. eagle look, like pushed <laughs> me into a corner. I would not say no. And he's got those brows that are like kind of like, you know, that like prominent brow. It's like, yeah. <laughs> And then I would kill Del Toro because I'm a little over him. Sorry. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, Pinocchio. I don't know. I liked Pinocchio. I like Pinocchio. Cool. Okay. Um, I do want to add that uh, Jonas uh, Cuaron was born in 1983. He is 40. Wow. Yeah. So. Oh, he's okay. So there you go. It's like in between he's, us. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. probably got a 401k I'm in the and clear, like, yeah. you know, a mortgage. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> He's got to take a a baby aspirin once a week. (laughs) His sciatica, he's like (laughs) doing stretches and left. Absolutely. All right, Scott, what do you? This one's hard. I don't. It's it's tough. This one's tough. I mean, uh, I'm probably also going to marry Coron. I think he's very handsome. Directed some of my favorite movies. Um, I mean. Michael, I'm gonna kind of go right off of yours. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck it, Inari too, and then I mean, I guess that means that I'm just gonna have to kill Del Toro. Kill Del Toro. So I just mean, make sure that you like look like when you kill him, like steal some of his like notebooks so you like. Oh yeah, get some good movie you know. ideas. <laughs> yeah, he probably does, and we could pass it on and be like, you know, like. He wanted these to be made, even though you like. There you go. And if you kill him, then we can loot the house. We can loot the the. Oh, that's true. The the goth TGI Fridays and like steal <laughs> all the cool, like. I assume he has matches. the most money, right? I think that his. I think that his filmography probably makes him Ma- the most yeah. in back ends, probably. I assume Kieran did do a Harry Potter, but I don't know how the, that really works. Yeah, out. Like, and the Harry you know, and the Harry Potter movies are kind of borderline director for hire at times. Right, that's what I mean. I don't know if they really like gave him if it was lucrative or not. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. All right, round three. Um, we will say it is their characters that they play in the Birdcage, but Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, and Hank Azaria. Mm. All right, the bird cage. So the characters are. I am gonna be. Um, I'm gonna be marrying Hank Azaria. He can be my house husband. So he's like he's. I think he's really good at like housework. Good at like mm-hmm. cleaning up around the house. Can like kind of help me out with stuff right. like that. I think right. he would be a really cute house husband and he would walk around in his little cutoffs and no shoes okay, so you're gonna marry agador spartacus mm-hmm. i'm gonna marry agador spartacus um i'm going to <laughs> fuck robin williams just because yeah. he has a very <laughs> sexy hairy chest armand armand and Take i'm gonna medication mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm gonna kill nathan lane <gasps> oh. hate to say it yeah How dare mm-hmm. you. i'm i would I'm killing Nathan Lane on Forge. He's <laughs> he's a little obnoxious in the film. Um, I mean, they all are in a way, but uh, and I would also I would reverse. I would marry Robin Williams, and I would f Hank Azaria. Sure, you get that. You get to live in that beautiful house that they live on in Sunset Beach, isn't it? Sunset yeah. Beach, right? That's Miami. Miami. I'm not, I'm not Miami sure. Beach. 
I don't know that I could spend more than like 48 hours around the house boy without like, he might quickly turn into like the kill. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yep. All right. Um, gosh, you guys, this one, I feel like I have to, I think for this one, I mean, it's, it's it's controversial to say kill, kill Armand because it's Robin Williams. And I, I, and I don't think I want to. Dark. Yeah, 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 and and yeah, I don't think I'd want to. I think I'd want to marry Armand because yeah, he's like he runs this club, so it's like if I if I if you know if the mood struck me, I could say, hey, I'm gonna do drag for the, for this sure six months. Book me a night, or I could, or I could, or, or we could do like a, a dinner theater or turn it into karaoke or something. I'm all about running a nightclub. I'm down with that. I kind of regret not marrying Robin Williams now. <laughs> you can't change. Mm-hmm. You have to stick with. You have to stick with it. I think I'm going to. Yeah, I think Nathan Lane, <laughs> Albert. I think Albert's got to go. I don't go. think anyone's gonna, unfortunately, say F Nathan Lane within this film. Let's, yeah, like, be a little kind, I guess. I mean, the character in this film is. I mean, yeah, I was thinking maybe I'd marry Albert, but yeah, the you know, sometimes maybe the the drama, the histrionics might get a little old. So I think he's out and then yeah, Agador Spartacus rolling the hay and then see you later. And then like block lose, after lose like when n- they're leaving the room, block. Lose my number, blocked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no time to even write like that was great. When we meet up again, it's going to be like already gone <laughs> oh i, I wonder that, what that would be like i think uh hank azaria would be a cutie a pretty cute house husband though yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. hank azaria would be but yeah. agador spartacus again <laughs> it's <laughs> a little different <laughs> the drama and the history and he was in real life irl a house husband to helen hunt am i, am I yeah correct? they were an item for years mm-hmm but it didn't work out. No. We were just talking about that with somebody. I was Googling pictures of the premiere for Anastasia when we covered that movie, and they were on the Woo! red carpet together. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's how I... Talk uh, about it. We used to have moments that made me gay. And that would be <laughs> like the top of the list. I was Googling Anastasia premiere photos. Oh, I saw goodness. Hank Azaria with Helen Hunt. The gayest statement. That is like a Bruce Valance joke. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Scott, who do we got next? All right, we got round four. Mm. Ducky Blaine or Steph from Pretty in Pink. Okay. <laughs> Ducky Blaine and Steph. I mean, Should I we like- set the context that Steph is a male per is a yes. male. It is the James Spader yes, case. James Spader. Spader. Yep. Yeah. Mm. The bad boy. Yeah. The rich bad boy. The rich, the rich bad, boy. bad boy. Um would anyone care to start this one off? Because I, oh, this one might be one of the harder. It's real neck and neck. It's it's a horse race photo finish for me. Of, all three. I of feel who you want to kill. Well, I feel like Blaine <laughs> by design is just sort of a dud character. Yeah, I agree. Do you? I feel like people who watch. I'm 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 somewhat familiar. I'm like a casual fan of Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles mm. and all that, but. I think the fandom, there are people who really like the Andrew McCarthy character. We have discussed yeah, this. Yeah, you're right. Yep. You're yeah. right. And I think, but, yeah, we're kind of on. And I'm also in the camp that Andy can't end up with Ducky just because it would be all wrong. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It would never have worked out. 
Yeah, I actually, I you talking it out now, I'm solidified. I know I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. All right. We're killing John Cryer. <laughs> Sorry. I kinda... And again, you know, we can talk, maybe this is bad that... Uh, I'm killing the like is the like gay coded character. Oh yeah, hey, we're yeah. John Criers and Two and a Half Men, and that's like unforgivable. Ooh, yeah, you're right for Life, me. Right. Lifelong Republican, from what I've um, heard. Mm-hmm. Bye, Ducky. <laughs> then I'm going to f James Spader or Steph yeah. because James Spader is like the king of like adult erotic dramas and thrillers. So right. I just know I'm going to have a good time with him, and it's yeah. going to be. Like, a little kinky, a little unexpected, maybe a little like emotionally fraught and ruinous, which is right up my alley. And then I'll marry um, the sweetheart, Andrew McCarthy. Okay, Mary Blaine. I kind of, I am going to have to agree with you in all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kill Ducky, Mary Blaine, and fuck Steph. Okay. All right. I th- I can see where where Steph could has the potential to be a good lay. You know, like you said James Spader is mm-hmm. you know, he has done his share of an erotic thriller. He was in, you know, Sex Lies and Videotape, Crash, Crash, but the car crash one, mm-hmm. not the- Oh, yes. A crash is like I <laughs> the scene where Holly Hunter like after after the accident has her like boobies out and is like getting off outside the rack is it's one for the record I mean, book. Yeah. But it'll be on my I'll be on my deathbed and like that'll be one of the images that like flashes in my mind. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I will say that I did think about marrying Ducky because then you get to like hang out in record stores and you get Annie Potts. Like That's, don't yeah. forget like she is kind of his BFF too, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like she didn't really like him that much, but yeah. Uh, but at least they were in the same friend orbit. So you think after high school she would have like hit and quit? She would have been like, "I'm busy. <laughs> I'm at like CUNY, whatever. Where, yeah. where, what? They're somewhere on the Un- East Coast, unclear. or no? They're in like Chicago always, right? That's the John. Hughes. It's usually in Illinois. It's usually yeah. in Illinois, but suburb of the Chicago. movie is also. She'd been like, "I'm at Northwestern. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I kind of." It's a little confusing because they use locations that were around L.A. where they shot yeah, Pretty uh, in yeah. Pink. So I have to yeah. remind myself that it's not set in L.A. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of um, Ilona. I was thinking of the Annie Potts character when I said she didn't. <laughs> when I said she didn't like him, um, I think. I think. Yeah. I think Ducky's got to go. I think, and it's a toss up because I feel like. Well, Steph could possibly you could get in a good like I don't know like maybe like a hate fuck in there. Dare I say it? Um, yeah, is Bl- is Blaine just going to be like a wet blanket, wet noodle? Not really. Oh, maybe participating mm-hmm. in the sack. But I wouldn't want to marry Steph. So I think I've got to go along with both of you. Yeah. And, um, Although you would when you do f Steph, you, he also dated Kyle Richards. For many years in real life, too. That would be, like, part of the glamour. James Spader, James dated, Spader dated Kyle Richards? Richards? I did not know I that. believe so. I love That's that. kind of a hot couple. That's a hot take. Like, in the late 80s, early 90s. Wow. You might... I might have weed dementia, but you should again. <laughs> don't, like, look up the premiere of, like, The Upside of Anger. And, right, like, right. scan her or, like, you know, one of those, like, <laughs> like men don't leave. Oh. Premiere party. I'm sure oh, they were at it. Okay. Gas food lodging. You're like yeah. Gas food lodging <laughs> in the Allison Anders. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, Scott. Next. Round six. Round. I will have um, your favorite Chris 
We can go with any of them. Ooh. All right, all right. Our favorite I mean, Chris, probably Chris from our the favorite MCU. Chris is. Mm-hmm. We already well, we the, we have friend of the pod. Favorite Chris. <laughs> he is not included in this. Chris okay. Sergliano is not included. <laughs> he should be okay. But for for continuity's sake, the listener that did provide this question submitted Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Is that we're, what they include? We're gonna throw in uh. The other one. There are more, aren't there? Well, there's... Um, oh, there's, there's the there's Guardians Pratt, of the Galaxy yeah. one? Chris Pratt. We'll throw in Chris Pratt. You can you can choose him mm. as well. Double kill. <laughs> we'll leave him out. I mean, this is, a, this is really a, a, a difficult one. I think... I think it, yeah, go ahead. Narrowing it down to Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Pine, I think that they're all pretty close, in my opinion. They are. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where I'm going to get real basic, sorry, but uh, not to call anybody basic. I like all three. I, I like Avengers movies. I watch them all. Um, mm-hmm. So so I'm, I'm well-versed in, in all of their powers, uh, even though Chris Pine is not an Avenger. But he is Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's Wonder Woman's girlfriend. Yeah, he, he sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the playing low- the girlfriend role. Playing the girlfriend <laughs> character. You're right. He's the lowest lane of Wonder Oh, I forgot Woman. about that. I put... MCU Chris's and I have Chris Pine in my notes, but Chris Pine is not. He's not in the MCU. In the MCU movies, do you think no. he gets that all the time? Probably. Yeah. Like probably. I loved you in Captain America. Yeah, but um, I mean, getting down to it, I think Hemsworth probably is got a little. He's a little too roided out. So um, I feel like. As far as the F is concerned for Hemsworth, maybe all the like roids, I don't know. I'm not, I just feel, I, I think he's out of that equation for, 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 for fucking. So maybe we either, I, I think I might have to just by process of elimination, I think I might have to kill Hemsworth. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to marry Chris Pine because he seems to me the one that's just like, Cool, but like, hear me out. Cool in like, uh, not cool in like a like fashionable or trendy way, but cool in like, he's just fucking cool. Like, shit doesn't phase him. Like, just like, I don't know. I think he's just the most chill. Like, he's just a chill person. Anybody could talk to him. You know, I if shit needs to get done, I'm gonna let him take care of it. He rode the "Don't worry, darling" press. Roller coaster oh, like, like a like an iconic moment, yep. smelling mm-hmm. like a fucking rose. Yep. You um, see him around town. If you're in the neighborhood, like he's in this neighborhood mm-hmm. all the time. I see. I I've run, I see him like three times a month. Yeah, so I think he looks great. So I think that he would be a good one to marry to hitch my wagon to, and then you know I think I'll take uh, America's ass and <laughs> go go to what are you gonna do to go it? to pound. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I'll do things to America's ass. I think that's mine. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Evans, Mary Pine, kill Hemsworth. Those. That's my final answer. Scott, what do you? Oh got? my god, this is really hard. I, I think that all three of them are so close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love me some Chris Hemsworth. I could yeah. climb that guy like a tree. I think he's very sexy. He looks that like he sense. would show a girl a good time if he brought you down <laughs> under. Remember that really famous photo of him, like with the 
Australian like wombat or something that he's looking at, and you see that like <laughs> shot of his ass. His ass is sticking up in the air. The ass is sticking up in the air. Right. I'm gonna have to I fuck. Watch the rea- the show on Disney. No, we haven't watched no. it yet. Yeah, that it looks like a, it looks like a like a Chevy truck commercial or something like the the, the ads. <laughs> it's the sort of like the Zac Efron show, but a little more of a downer. Ooh, all right. All right. A little more serious. Okay, so, um, so Scott, gonna, you're gonna fucking. I'm gonna probably fuck Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> yes, he or he can rail me either or. Um, oh, this is where it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. Of Chris Evans and Chris Pine, which yeah. one of these boys am I going to bring home to mom, and which one am I going to kill? Yeah, I think. I gotta marry Chris Evans and kill Chris Pine, but that was a very hard decision. Yeah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. All right. All right. This will be, I think, the first time where we all have different answers. Yeah. It's a diversity of opinion, and that shows, you know, when we all think alike, we don't think at all. So <laughs> it's good that we're all thinking a little differently. I myself would F Hemsworth, absolutely. The yeah. uh, the Australian accent. Oh, yeah. Also, again, yeah. I know you're a huge Super Marvel fan. I'm more casual to slight hater. Sure. And... <laughs> In that ve- in that vein, though, I love Thor, and I love his portrayal of Thor, and I love the character, and just the over the top kind of semi comedy fish out of water, and all the shenanigans that go on. Yeah. So he would fulfill my Marvel Cinematic Universe fantasy. I would also marry Chris Pine for many of the reasons that uh, you said, Peter. He seems like the least. Like fame doesn't affect him as much as others because he's frankly not as famous, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to. But he just seems kind of cool. Um, I I see him in this part of town. He seems like just like you know your average, slightly attractive like hipster about town. I saw him buying a movie ticket to Marcel the Shell. Oh, that oh, was cute. A was that the was um, that the Los Feliz um, theater in Vermont? Yes, again okay. at the. I, that's where mm-hmm. I live. I live at the Los Feliz. <laughs> Which is this small little? In, I, is it independent? It's like a. Is it owned? I mean, it's not owned by the Lamely, is it? I don't know. No, it's, it's a, like part a, of the American Cinematheque now. Oh, sure, that's right. And yeah. it's only it has one decent theater, and then two are broom closets. Yeah, two are really you small. You don't get the like. You don't know like you buy a ticket and you're like, please don't be in the like side. Have, have you ever closet. been in the smaller theaters when um, there's a big crowd and people start to? walk in and see that there's not a lot of seats available we have it's interesting <laughs> I've, have i can bet separating. and then i mean mm-hmm. i hate to say that i'm killing chris evans because yeah. he's perfectly lovely and mm-hmm. like hot but um you know it just when you know finishing third here is not losing yeah yeah well it is because you die <laughs> but uh that just the other two just do it a little more yeah, for me, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Chris- I will say I just recently watched Cell on HBO Max with the young Chris Evans, and he is very lovely in it. Uh, the shirt's off quite a bit. Um, he's As- playing a dumb hunk who's trying to save Kim Basinger, who's been kidnapped. It's worth oh, the watch. Cellular. I remember Cellular. 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 Sorry, I thought cell. that you meant yes. the. Okay. It's the young Chris Evans, and he looks. Very good. I think for me, and I don't know if we've talked about this, I'm going to talk a little trash. I think he's very hot, but I've always found his styling as Captain America in civilian clothes or like it's really bad. Like they yeah. like are dyeing his hair. I was yeah, say, he's always in these like 
kind of like Ross or Cole's dress for less style clothes, just a little <laughs> generic. Plan. They're not just dyeing his hair. I think they wig him in those movies. Think- yeah, mm-hmm. he's much he's much hotter and more charismatic. Being in, like in an interview on the red carpet than yes. he is playing Captain now, America. Is Chris yeah. Evans one of those actors that doesn't really bring dates or anything to red carpet events? Takes like, his mom. Takes his mom. Or I've his also brother. I I've also have heard of his. His gay brother Scott. Yeah. Um, I've also have heard sort of blind item stuff about Chris Evans that he's really into like BDSM stuff, which I love. Work. Okay. Mm-hmm. He has like well, a fun sex basement. I it wouldn't shock me. And he's the one who had the accidental dick pic. Yeah. That's the, true. So we would stories. be. That's part of the. I guess you know maybe <laughs> all he part of the appeal because you already like. It's a smart bet. Like you're gonna have a good time. That's why I'm marrying him. You've seen the face. You've seen not only have you seen the face and the body, but you've seen the good. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, tough, tough call. All there won't around. be buyer's remorse. No, all, no, no, all no. three of those were really hard to pick I, from. I didn't even take mm-hmm. into consideration the Australian accents. Yeah, and he's the only like real blonde. Oh man. And yeah, I will what a say. Tough one. Chris Pine is looking a little different these days, sure. but I still will marry him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little fresh from the oxygen tent. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, goodness. He's right. real fresh. All right, kids. You heard it here first. All right. Next <laughs> round. Uh, kind of three grab bag foreign actors. Guy Pierce, Colin Farrell, and Alan Cumming. <gasps> okay. Uh. Guy Pierce, Colin Farrell, and Alan Cumming. This one's easy for me. I know that it's kind of straightforward, but I am marrying Guy Pierce, fucking Colin Farrell, and killing Alan Cumming. Same. Have you ever yeah, seen Colin I Farrell's gotta, sex tape? I got. I was gonna say I Colin Farrell has kind of the end all yeah. celebrity sex tape. That's kind of really hot, <laughs> and it delivers. There and I go. feel a little bad that we're killing the one actual gay yeah. person. Maybe we can unpack that with our therapist, but no. let's be real. He's like, bye. Like, what do we do? I'll chop off his head if it means I get to, like, sleep with Colin Farrell. I know. Like, what am it- I doing? Like, if, you know, it doesn't even have to be by poisoning. Like, I'll use a blunt object. <laughs> Call me an internalized homophobe. <laughs> no, no <laughs> I'm kidding. We, we love Alan Cummings. But in the company of those other two... Yeah, absolutely. someone's gotta die. Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, maybe I could consider marrying Alan Cumming and and killing Guy Pierce only because I don't really have a lot of like. I don't have hate for Guy Pierce, but I don't really have much for him either. Way. You don't have a lot of love. I just recently yeah. rewatched Ravenous, which I loved. It's on okay. Criterion, and Guy Pierce was in it, and. Between that and I also recently watched Animal Kingdom and he's in that. He really is, good in Animal I, Kingdom. I love him. I think he's such a great actor. Yeah. But I understand that point of view too. Like you could kind of Oprah and Gail it with Alan Cummings. Yeah. Real, or, you know, we could, fun we could talk he, about like, like, kind of girlfriended up. Yeah. He could give me stories about like the Flintstones movies and like, mm-hmm. all, like all that shit. I would be like, tell me about the anniversary party, like when you filmed it. I want like a day by yeah. day. No, I'm like, I'm like, account. give me, give me some Spy Kids info. Yeah, <laughs> but no, okay, yeah, you okay, Peter? You're really making it compelling. You're kind of, you're kind of talking us, talking us into it. To, so then, so then, are you marrying Alan Cumming? I think I'm marrying Alan Cumming. Okay, yeah, 
Okay. You're going yeah. to take one for the team. Sure. Yeah. He seems perfectly charming, and I feel like Guy Pierce is a little serious for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hands down. Hands down, we're, yeah, we're going to we have Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no question. P- possible Oscar winner Colin Farrell, because I think he has a pretty uh, decent shot to win yeah. Best Actor for the Banshees movie. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else do we got? Um, Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Lion. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Cowardly Lion. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one's this one's a this one's a fun one, is it? I think um, this is kind of hard. They're all annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I think they're all they're all annoying, and I don't think any of them have any functioning. They're... Like when I was a kid, the scarecrow always kind of annoyed me. I don't know why. I don't. And I know that that character is designed to be Dorothy's favorite, too. I don't think any of them have anything functioning between me down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to... I mean, I would say, um, fuck I, Tin Man, but how is that going to work? Yeah. I'm just thinking about if you married any of them, it'd be a nightmare. Like, yeah. imagine if you married the scarecrow, boop, 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 I crashed the car again. You know, like, you'd just be like, I lost my keys. I was like, going to say, know, they never... Be be losing his be reading like glasses the lion's always just going to be crying yeah i agree i agree oh gosh yeah he'd be like i have fibromyalgia he'd like have like he would have like a lot of like mental issues and oh, health yeah. issues and i imagine he's like a hypochondriac, hypochondriac mm-hmm. yeah constantly like always something wrong i i just broke my ankle it's like no yeah you didn't break your ankle and then um, the tin man would be just this like unfeeling depressive you yeah. know blank so that sounds like a, maybe i would marry him since i that the devil you know <laughs> you'd have to constantly be going out and getting that like that like motor oil and just uh. okay just off the top of my head marry tin man fuck lion kill scarecrow fuck the lion. Oh. No, but that okay. that's just sort of just yeah. calling it sure yeah calling it I, there's something about that lion's mane it's very like luscious you yeah. know there's something sensual It'd be very it. very nice to brush okay all right all right okay i like that yeah i mm, i guess i feel like i yeah just for the sake of uh throwing something out there I th- I th- i'll agree with you on that one. Oh my goodness yeah that i one- Oh. Too. I will too. I will too. Okay. All right. So we're going to have another Andrew McCarthy coming up. We just did our less than zero episode. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, Robert Downey Jr., and Jamie Gertz. Iconic trio <laughs> from less than zero. <laughs> Wait, did you say Jamie Gertz? Jamie yes, Gertz. Jamie Gertz is in there. Well, I'm I'm marrying her. Let's <laughs> already. I'm going to marry Jamie Gertz because that bitch owns co-owns. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, yeah, and she is worth like four billion dollars. She, so I'm has, marrying Mama. She, she's Mama in Twister, Gertz. right? Yep, she is in Twister. She, I, that character and her narrative arc. I, it's one of those films. Even when I was young, I was always like, "This is so unfair." They like try to make her the villain, and she's actually the most normal, relatable person. And the film cuts her like no slack, and it's so vicious and cruel to her. Absolutely, she's the audience surrogate, and they treat her like absolute garbage. They're always like, you know, when she's like, oh, my, she's like a therapist or something. And remember, she's like really upset about like being trapped in the storm. And 
the film's like, what a loser. She's such a crybaby. And you're like, um, this is actually like a terrifying experience. We got cows. And this poor woman, her <laughs> husband like clearly never was in, in love with her and no. just using her as this Band-Aid. And you're just, it's just, I'm marrying Jamie Gertz. I'm marrying I'm mar- Jamie Gertz, Jamie too. Yeah. Uh, who are the, uh, Andrew McCarthy and, and Robert Downey Andrew Jr. McCarthy and Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he in this movie we're going we're going. Well, that's the thing. Are we going? For are we going to go with them? in this movie? Because the characters in this movie, Robert Downey Jr. is like a huge piece a of shit, huge piece of shit mm-hmm. drug addict who just dies at the end. So I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to fuck or marry that guy. So he's so he's dead. Mm-hmm. I I probably would kill RDJ then. I think I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> he should die. He's too smug. He's too smug to live. Mm-hmm. Same. Mm, but that means you gotta fuck Andrew McCarthy. Mm, I've done worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a one-time thing. We won't look back. <laughs> I, I mean, I hey. I think Andrew McCarthy's super cute. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, after like you know two raspberry mojitos, I would be good. <laughs> Hot to trot. All right, I agree. Okay, I think we're I think we're all in agreement on that one. All right, we're gonna round out okay this game with the cast of Death Becomes Her. <laughs> okay, so we've got. Are we going Bruce Willis, uh, Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn? I mean, not it, not Isabella, Isabella Rossellini. Rossellini. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would want to marry Isabella Rossellini. I'll I'll have it be up to like <laughs> up to you. I'm gonna marry Isabella L- Rossellina. Rossellini. Uh, Rossellini. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to uh, kill Meryl Streep <laughs> because I think her death scene will be iconic. Her death worry. scene will be iconic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And okay. push her down some stairs, and I am going to. Uh, Fuck Goldie. Oh. And Goldie mm-hmm. is my favorite character of that movie. I think that Goldie is given the best shit to do in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's also just peak Goldie, and she's beautiful. So, and she, do you remember the mm-hmm. movie Crisscross? Yes. Where she played like a working class exotic dancer with a young son. No, wasn't that her and Kurt Russell? Was it? No, I Isn't think that wrong. what she's playing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where she's the drama of like a mom who like has a disreputable job and she has like a young son. Okay. I feel like I'm confusing it with Deceived. No, I know Deceived. That who plays different. the husband in Deceived? Is it the, is the, it the like the isn't it the seventh heaven pedo guy? Oh god. Okay. <laughs> we don't want to go there. Is, yet. is he the one that that falls down the elevator shaft at the end of that movie? Yeah, when okay. she like hang, hang, she's like spoiler alert. She has the like jewels and tricks him. Um, I am gonna have a similar to you. I'm definitely killing Meryl by, and then <laughs> I'm hearing wedding bells for Goldie. I could see myself in an LTR. Mm. She just gives me more. I think I think Isabella Rossellini. I would. I would fuck her because, again, that would be a wild night, probably the wildest <laughs> night of my life, more than I could handle. But I don't know that I could marry her. I think that might be a little crazy, might be a little too much for me. I'm a little, I'm a little boring. I'm growing older and milder. I'm fine I with need living like a sunny <laughs> blonde. I'm fine with living in the mansion and having parties with all of these famous, maybe dead celebrities. Okay, mm-hmm. and all of her muscle-bound henchmen. And all of her muscle-bound henchmen. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I think that I am going to. 
Yeah, I think Liesel is the most uh, is the wealthiest. So I'm gonna marry Isabella Rossellini, so mm-hmm. I can, so I can uh, revel in all that wealth. Maybe take the potion. We'll see. I think I'm going to. Gosh, yeah, this is a, this is a tough one. Now you now you could say um, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis for any of these two. Well, I but would definitely ask Bruce Willis. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when it comes down to act, actual Bruce Willis. I think I think that's that's the case. If it's the real Bruce Bruno, um, and then yeah, we'll we'll kill Goldie Ann Merrill. <laughs> <laughs> so I could stick with Bruno. Oh man, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. How many was that? Was that all of them, Scott? That's all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was uh, that was a journey. <laughs> Plus, we learned a lot about each other. <laughs> we, we did, did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into our psyche. I don't want uh, any anyone in the mental health field I mean, to read to, to to listen to this. Good way to end 2022. Yeah. Yeah, and I know Scott. I don't know what to look out. I know someone who's into cowardly lions. Ooh, no. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank for you this so much, segment. Michael. Of course, thank you for having you me. You are one of I my. I am always thrilled. You are us. Always spew a bunch of crazy things that, without judgment <laughs> from both of you, and it's lovely. <laughs> Your episode this year was um, welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Listen, I usually do the deep cuts. Yeah. I do the, like, <laughs> the stuff that's a little like, you know, in the back of the like, if you're of your like DVD and VHS collection, the one that's like collected dust and is like three rows behind like Lord of the Rings <laughs> and like, you know, oh, Brokeback Mountain. And then you have that one that like your great aunt. She died and you inherited her VHS collection from the like, early 80s. And it's like, those are the titles I like. Absolutely. Well, listeners, if you haven't already listened to Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, check that out in our back catalog. Michael, this was so much fun. We hope to have you on again in 2023. Looking forward to it. Until next time. Bye. Bye, And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Welcome back to the show. 2022. We didn't quite do an episode a week because we took off the early half of the year, which we will be doing Again, we'll be taking January and a little bit of February off just to kind of have us reset a lot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've had a really fun year. Pete, what was some of your favorite episodes that we've done this year? Can you think of anything that that really stands out as a fun movie to talk about (sighs) for the year? Sheesh. For for 2022, I mean, I don't know. I I really enjoyed, I was listening a little bit today of our Return of the King episode. I think that is Mm. one of my all-time favorites that we've done, and that was just us talking about Return of the King. Yes. Um, I think we had a lot of really great uh, reaction to some guests this year. I really liked uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, we had a lot of people reach out about mm-hmm. how great Espy was in that episode. We love Espy. Yes. We made a lot of new friends this year talking to uh, Seth. Yeah, we had with, Seth on twice. Yeah, we talked to Seth for um, Nowhere. And welcome to the Dollhouse. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was really fun. Uh, I think, uh, I love the working girl episode. The working girl episode with Moran mm-hmm. is really fun. I'm mm-hmm. glad that we got to that movie this year. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of good stuff this mm-hmm. year. Um, 
And so, you know, we're going to have a couple weeks off, so I would just say go back through the back catalog. Yeah, go back through the back catalog. And also, we're going to be putting commentaries on our Patreon. So if you're not a member, sign up. Yeah. And, you know, just maybe we'll throw out a couple – maybe we'll throw out a free Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll throw out a free one too. To to kind of – There's some random free ones that are already there. There are. There's There's like two of of them. Yeah, there's a couple of free – commentaries we'll we'll add those things to the socials you know on the on the days and weeks that we're on break so you can kind of see some some content and some some things for you guys to consume that's already out there um but yeah speaking of patreon give me some patreon shout outs pete we have a couple of new patrons and a couple of our tried and true patrons that we want to say hey hey hello and thank you to all of them including Lori and brenna Lori and mm-hmm. is my mom oh my mom just signed up as a patron yay my mom's been a patron for a while too mm-hmm. uh brenna and oh just rabbit 45 i believe you are new as well and also lawrence and danielle and alexis thomas mark jackson millie ted benny jamal melanie christopher susan jj shelby michael muffy jamie drew genevieve don joshua emma Millie, aaron jessica nick and shannon christine and also Rufino. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this year in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we said, the Patreon has Watch With Us commentary tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you sync it up with the movie, we give you instructions on how to start the movie, start the commentary, and... It's like you're watching it with us. And you post links to all of our newsletters and stuff, too. Absolutely. If you are at the $5 level and you get access to the newsletters, you can um, see the links in the the posts. You can go Mm -hmm. through our posts, see the link to the most recent uh, newsletter, and then within that one, there's links to all the past newsletters are in there. So you can go back and and read all the content that we put out there. Um, They're fun. They're funny. They've got behind-the-scenes photos. Um, you know, pictures of us around the house, how we decorate for the holidays, yeah. playlists, recipes, no recipes, but maybe I'll put some recipes on there. Um, all that fun stuff is on there, uh, on the Patreon and all of your wonderful donations go directly towards keeping this podcast on the air every, uh, week ad free for your listening consumption. So head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for more information. Thanks for, oh yeah, thanks for joining us this year and be sure to follow us on all of our socials at Movies That Made Us Gay mm-hmm. on Instagram and Facebook and MTMUG on Twitter. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to give us five stars if you haven't already. Yeah. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd love to see some new rating. reviews going into this new year. Absolutely. If you want to do it on Apple Podcasts, you can write us a review. And um, when we come back, we might just uh, read one of those uh, reviews. On a new show for 2023. So, um, you know, just like the last one, it says we're binge worthy. So I hope you, uh, I hope you trust those reviews because we are binge worthy. Um, yeah, we love it. We love uh, all of your support in, in any of those ways. Um, so sit tight. We'll be back in no time. Yeah, absolutely. Probably around the time for Valentine's Day. Yeah, we mm-hmm. just need to decompress, de-stress, get ready for the new year, pay our taxes, and um, get some new ideas. If you have any suggestions, as always, if you want to uh, hear us talk about a movie that we haven't talked about yet, you can shoot us a line um, on any of the socials. We always answer those, Instagram yeah. or 
or Twitter. And if you want to email us, uh, we are movies that made us gay at gmail.com. And um, there's also an email button uh, right there on our Instagram page. Just shoot us a message on on uh, on email if you or any one of those things. If you have a movie to suggest, you know, send us the suggestions. Mm-hmm. Will we take your suggestion? Maybe. Will we credit you for it? Maybe. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Well, we love to we love to hear them. So mm-hmm. give us some suggestions for new episodes for twenty twenty three, Pete. Yes. It was a fun mail episode. We have not done one of these. This was a really fun mailbag episode. Fun Thank you guys for Thank you, Michael Morgan. Thank you, Michael Morgan, for coming on the show, taking some time to to do some fun FMKs. And yeah, it was one of those things where we were like, let's do a mailbag episode. Let's ask for questions. And I was just like, any minute now, the questions are going to come rolling in. Any minute now. So thank you guys for yeah, actually sending questions, sending the FMK suggestions and all of that. Um, thank you so much for doing that. Um, it's been a great year. And 2023 is going to be even better. Mm-hmm. So sit tight. It'll come faster than you think. Anything else, Scott? I don't think so. I have I a very it. happy and safe New Year. Yes. Have a happy, safe New Year's. And um, we'll see you soon, everybody. I'll probably be playing you out with the new year's song what is that it's uh, old lang syne old lang syne yeah uh-huh. okay imagine it in your head right now <laughs> good night everybody good night bye have a good one bye